Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this extra wiki episode of Dame Baptiste Questions Everything, or what we are calling DBQs. On DBQs, myself, comedian, writer, and occasional actor Dame Baptiste, and my producer friend Howard Cohen, aka The Hizzle. Hello! I'm going to be delving into some of the things that have happened this week in the news. That is right, Dane. And this week, we are going to talk about how the social media YouTube star KSI has had to apologise for the racist slur he made in a Sidemen YouTube video. Uh, I don't know if uh, everyone, the listeners, have seen this or not, but they were playing Countdown, weren't they, Dane, if I'm not yeah, mistaken? Yes, they were playing uh, Countdown. And um, the uh, contestant, KSI, uh, decided to spell out an offensive word to the Asian community, which we all know what it is, uh, and he's then got in trouble, I guess is the summary of it, right, Dane? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, I guess my first thoughts are that uh, anyone, if you, I don't know if anyone saw the entire clip, but um, you had uh, the sidemen had divided themselves up into teams. So one of the teams being referred to as the Negroes and the other one being called uh, Brown and Brown. So for me, I don't know why people are surprised that it, uh, the sidemen with their normal hijinks and tomfoolery descended into the casual use of racial slurs, which is a shame because I imagine, and I am aware of, that they have a large fan base which uh, is comprised of, uh, you know, people of colour, including the Desi or Southeast Asian community. Mm. KS High has since apologised and has removed himself, he said, from uh, social media, I guess, in t- to gather himself. For me, what I find most troubling is the fact that, obviously, the sidemen have a considerable uh, and very lucrative presence on YouTube and other social media, which they've been able to uh, parlay into a number of uh, alternate lucrative opportunities, mm. uh, which has meant that they probably have a lot of resources that are invested in the uh, production and editing and the uploading and dissemination of their content. And the question is, if there was that many people involved, because someone would have been editing, somebody would have been uh, uploading, mm. somebody would have overseen all of that. How did no one pick up on the casual use of this racial slur, which is the P word, if anyone doesn't know, which is a derogatory term to describe people of Pakistani descent, and no one picked up on it. That being said, while I'm definitely not trying to justify uh, the use of the racial slur, are we surprised that younger generations, because I believe that uh, KSI and their sidemen are around 30 years old, mm. um, but they have a much younger fan base who would be largely made up of uh, members of Generation Z, mm. as well as millennials, or younger millennials. Why are we surprised that after almost 20 years of normalization of hatred and vilification of uh, Southeast Asians, predominantly Pakistanis, and uh, mem- because being members of the Muslim community, mm. that people still uh, casually use terms like the P word to describe members of the Southeast Asian community. Um, yeah. How did nobody pick that up? Yeah. But then, you know, you live in a country where people can use the N word on the BBC mm. and no one says anything about it. And it took for, you know, 72 hours of sustained complaints from the diaspora or black Britons, as well as people that were outraged by it for the BBC to even acknowledge use of the slur. And really it was quite a paltry apology, to be honest. Mm. I think that you look at the footage and 
all it made me think, as much as the ob- kind of some of the more obvious things, which is how did it get? How did it get out? How did it? How did this? The democratization of content, mm. where people were able to have their own audience, as these guys do have a huge audience, right on on YouTube, massive audience, that they don't really have to answer to anyone they can put anything else that you know if you look oh, yeah. in politics other than, other than the comments but the, but yeah. you see what i mean if you look yeah. at like alex jones you know mm-hmm. and, and what he's managed to do in, in a political way in america I mean, he never has to answer to anyone and, and then he finally then he did. finally did <laughs> yeah. yeah whereas these guys they kind of could just build this audience and you know let's be honest like a lot of their content that is juvenile right but that's yeah. fine because that's fun when it's fun but when it crosses the line no one's gonna pick them up on it because they're all of the same mindset i guess i mean that's partially it but i think it's it's more about the fact that as you said we are living in a time now where content is praised over creativity and normally the creative process involves you having a lot of setbacks having to deal with the feedback from a prospective mm. audience and then having to refine and hone your work or art as a result of the uh, setbacks that you have mm. the thing about uh content and particularly with the sphere of social media is that you are privileged to the fact that for number one you can turn off comments and avoid feedback you can circumvent any criticism by uh, muting comments and also you are able to edit your work many times in order for it to make you appear a lot more virtuous Mm. and for me that's really the issue now is that what it looked like uh, when the sidemen were doing countdown is that they are young guys having fun without any kind of regulation and who are trying to be funny. And the thing is, I mean, I'm sure very much to their very large and considerably younger audience, their antics appear to be very funny. Mm. But what I saw there was somebody who's trying to be funny, somebody who's been pedestalized in a number of different disciplines, just basically due to the fact that he has a large audience and is able to provide that same audience with content, which is very different to a skill or an art Mm. or an ability. And... That's given them carte blanche to move into other areas without them having to pay the same dues mm. as people that are in those same boxing walks of one. life and boxers. Yeah. So, for example, boxing, these guys have kind of had pugilism and they fought against like other YouTubers like uh, Logan and Jake Paul. I believe that KSI's brother Deji had a fight against Jake Paul's brother. But the thing is, what's happened is that as these guys have become have proliferated a lot more in these different sectors like boxing, because they can bring their accompanying audiences, the sheer size of it, not for any based, anything based on skill, but the spectacle and the metrics means that YouTube boxing has eclipsed actual boxing to the point where you have promoters like Eddie Hearn who have to be involved in promoting fights and undercards with YouTubers. A lot of times, some of these guys have little to no boxing training or in some cases, they might become very competent in it. Mm. But because of, of literally because of how lucrative it becomes to engage with their users... You've got actual pugilists like Floyd Mayweather having exhibition matches against somebody like uh, Jake Paul. And I'm very sure that he was remunerated quite impressively for that. But essentially, they cheapened the whole Mm. sport. And it basically means that people who have a rudimentary or no understanding of this sport begin to then volunteer their gaze and then their critique to people that have spent their years trying to hone stuff. We'll be back after this. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. 
world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Welcome back to the show. So in the case of what happened with um, KSI in this instance and the Sidemen, like obviously Countdown is a format which a lot of time features a lot of comedic talent because we have AR10 Cats does Countdown. Yeah. But there you have people that have had to spend, you know, at least some nominal amount of years honing their talent and then having to go in front of producers and other people who would then curate and edit their material to mm. see what works on TV. These guys don't have to do that. And so they've been led to think they were funny. And what happens is they're not funny. And for me, I know I'm an old guy and I know that I'm a, people, uh, younger people who are listening will have a much more of an awareness of the work of the people like KSI and the Sidemen and will say, I don't know what I'm talking about. But do you know what? That's fine. We are from two very different generations and I completely understand that because I do come from a generation which was a gaming generation and gaming was a large part of the culture. But if you said something racist to somebody during a game like I hear kids do when they're playing online, you try to do that in a chip shop on an arcade, <laughs> you go home without your shoes. That's how I grew up. So in the same way that, you know, where I hear like YouTubers calling out each other and making threats on mm. f- from the safety of a screen and, and uh, from the uh, safety of social media, when I was growing up, if you called somebody out to fight them, nobody was waiting for there to be a fight and for there to be a purse and for there to be pay-per-view. You're getting decked right there and then. And you still might wake up without your shoes, mm. depending on what those shoes are. But... I just think the issue is not just about the sidemen and KSI, and I'm not even beginning to defend them, but we need to ask ourselves, like, as people, how, what is more important to us, content or creativity? Because the thing about content is that because, you know, it is content and the only efficacy of it is measured by the views it gets, then no curation takes place. Mm. So even in this instance, because people would have viewed this a lot and this instance would have gone viral, within the world of content, that's still a success to them because it's publicity and there's no mm. thing as bad publicity. And that is the that is that is the endeavor of most content. And, you know, I think that's the most worrying thing is that this is gonna again precipitate into another uh opportunity for clout, as the young people say nowadays. Where, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily about the uh quality of something we're saying, it's how effective it is quantitatively, which means how many views does it get, does it go viral, mm. and as a result of which does it exist for the purpose of monetization? Well, we'll have to see if these guys keep being racist because it gets them lots of views or not. That's the tip of the iceberg because they've also got, like, like you know, they are basically engaging with a generation where obesity is an endemic problem. Mm. At the same time, they're selling a uh, sugar <laughs> drink called Prime, which, and this is, this is just a sugar drink that in a time where the countries have introduced sugar taxes to avoid obesity, this is a sugar drink that is selling you know, bottles of this are selling for upwards of £100 mm. because of the hysteria that's been created around it. And see, my issue is, you know, I've seen people like KSI do boxing. I've seen them rap. Mm. And to be quite honest with you, neither of these things, in all honesty, are things that he could probably do to a professional level. Mm. But because of the quantitative, um, you know, pull that he has Reach. and there are people that are prepared to watch it, it does numbers yeah. at the expense of people who spend years and do their 10,000 hours trying to hone these same talents and they don't get the same opportunity. And I get worried that the more we let YouTubers and content creators 
infiltrate other aspects of art on the basis that they will generate numbers. Like, how much of this stuff going to suffer uh, at the expense of people who are actually trying to create something that most people use to define their humanity by? Like, I don't mind. You guys can do whatever they want to do. But, you know, at some point we have to ask ourselves, as I've said before, like, whether you are a creative artist and or, or you know of a musical nature or whether you are an athlete where your art is really kinesthetic mm. like how much power are we going to give over to these institutions where people create content and the scary thing is that a lot of the time as long as your as soon as your content gets uploaded you no longer own that anymore so i'm wondering how long we're going to allow these people to continue to be human clothes horses or you know being the equivalent of the kid that eats worms in the playground as kids because that's what a lot of time these people are doing you're eating worms and don't get me wrong i'd watch a kid eat worms in a fucking playground yeah, but right. i don't really want consider that person to be an artist or creative or particularly innovative or you know non-conformist that's just a fucking weird person but now in a world that emphasizes materialism so much because the opportunity to uh, monetize this is so abundant now like how long before you know all of us will begin to turn our backs on the idea of artistry and artistic integrity and continue to chase a bag for uh you know or a cheap laugh and that is this week's dbqs get in touch let us know what you think You've been listening to Dane Baptiste Questions Everything, hosted by Dane Baptiste and myself, Howard Cohen. For more from Dane and myself, make sure you follow us on Instagram at DaneSnapTeast and at the Howard Cohen. You can now support us on Patreon. Just search DBQE Podcast and unlock ad-free content and you can watch the full-length video of the podcast. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. If you have a question for Dane, make sure you send us a DM on Instagram at DBQE Podcast and we could feature you in our next episode. Thanks for listening, guys. And remember, question everything. Insanity Group.